Warning, the following podcast contains adult language and childish comedy. Listener discretion is advised. And now, please adjust your headphone volume to an unreasonable level and enjoy the most dynamic and electrifyingly entertaining podcast ever to conquer cyberspace. This is Amish Baby Machine. Hello, friends, and welcome to the most powerful podcast ever created, the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast starring me, Dags. And now, across this powerful oaken desk, is the man, the myth, the legend, Mike Rez. Too hot to handle, too cold to hold. If you call the Ghostbusters, then they're in control. God, Ghostbusters. Everyone loves the Ghostbusters. No one loves the chick version, though, I don't think. It wasn't too bad. Did you see it? I did. It was reminded me a lot of uh, Scooby Doo with Freddie Prince Jr. Wow, why is that? Yeah, I think the uh, the CGI was the same. Might have been the same people. Ugh. Yeah, and that CGI was horrible. I yeah. don't know if you saw that Scooby Doo. Not a big fan of CGI. No, me either. That's why powerful. I, I've avoided some of the uh, Spider Man movies because of CGI. You know, they didn't bother me too much. Really? Yeah. So you don't like CGI? But the CGI Spider-Man didn't bother you. Well here's, well, here's the thing with CGI. If it looks like CGI, it bothers me. But if it's well done, like Game of Thrones, it was well done, so it didn't bother me. I guess if it sticks out, there's certain things in CGI they still can't sure. do well. Smoke, ice, water, they're getting really good at that. Yep. But smoke and ice still look kind of fakey. Yeah. The uh, King Kong looked real. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he looked like I, a real I, ape. Yeah, I believe that it was a giant uh, gorilla running around an island. Powerful. We have a powerful show today. Thanks for stopping in. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading, my friends. What do we got on the agenda tonight on the powerful Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast? Oh, man. Let's see. What do we have? We have our beer review, which is, uh, you know, a staple of the show. The beer nerds love it. So we're going to talk about that. Powerful. We have a song of the day. By the one and only Gordon Lightfoot, because the uh, Gordon Lightfoot nerds love it. Yes. Who's more powerful, the beer nerds or the Gordon Lightfoot nerds? It would have to be the beer nerds. I think the Gordon Lightfoot nerds are really old right now. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, our main topic of the day, Dags, UFOs. UFOs. Yes. I'm scared. Just want to let the flock know we will not be doing any toilet humor. We will not make any references to Uranus. Wow. So everybody knows that aliens are from Neptune. Did you write that down? No. Wow, that was just no. powerful ad lib. Yeah. Well, yeah. Powerful. That's, that's what we do here on Amish Baby Machine. Yes, the most powerful podcast ever created. Yes, sir. First off, I mean, how have you been? I mean, we're, we're a little late on this episode. We just want to yes. let the po- know. Yes, powerful circumstances beyond our control. Yes. Uh, I think it was another EMP attack. We Always su- is. Yeah, we successfully <laughs> successfully defended ourselves. Let's get into the show, because that's what the flock wants. They do. Powerful and show today. That's what they need. Another hot box. We're in the barn. It's hot again. The AC in the barn is good until we have to start recording. Yes. 
Powerful. Then, then the hot box starts. Yes. For the beer review this week, now you had your, your passion fruits and you had your sours. I did. And you had your strawberries and your, and your peaches. Whoa. Sounds like a song. Yes. Millions of peaches. Peaches for me. Yes. Powerful presidents of the United States. Mm-hmm. Today, it's my turn. It to, is your turn. To give a beer review. Now, yes. I, I've kind of loaded up on some beer reviews because you were taking a long time to get through your sours and your passion fruits. Passion fruit's good. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, I, I drank some beer. Uh, some of the, the beer I drank was from a local brewery, once again, Fair State Co-op, which you can find them at fairstate.coop online. And the beer that I uh, enjoyed from them is their Pills beer, P-I-L-S. Pills. Pills. Is that different from a Pilsner? Yeah, it's, it's a Pilsner. It's just the name they give it. Pills. Pills. So it's a German-style Pilsner. Uh, yeah. And uh, they're, uh, it's got a, a grassy hop aroma with the crisp finish, and, and I can say yes, that is true. Grassy hop aroma with the crisp finish, almost like eating an apple. Whoa. Yeah. Don't ask me to, to go on, on that. I like a honey no delish or a, what is it? Honey crisp. That's <laughs> honey crisp. Is that the ultimate? No, there's a new one out there. Jazz, I think is what it's called. It's another, jazz another jazz hands or yeah. cosmic. Yeah. Something cosmic like that. apple. Yeah. Have you ever had a grapple? Yeah, I have. Well, what are your thoughts on the grapple? I enjoy the grapple. It's a, it's a powerful wrestling apple, grape <laughs> and apple flavor. Yes. Don't let it get you on the mat, though. No, grappling hook. Yeah. That's a cool weapon, isn't it? It's not really a weapon. It's a tool. It's a device. You can use it for many things. The grappling hook. Yep. Climbing walls. Batman is big into the grappling hook, the bat hook. The bat hook. You can climb buildings with that damn thing. Yes. Remember the TV show? They were, <laughs> they were just walking, and the camera was just sideways. <laughs> yeah. And then famous people back in the day would stick yes. their head out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The Cape Crusader. <laughs> yeah. It, speaking of CGI, they need to start doing special effects like that, where they just tilt the camera one way. Yes. And then have the actors act. Powerful, practical effects. All right. So here's some fun facts on pills. The pills is head brewer Nico Tonk's Desert Island beer. I'm assuming that's the beer he would want if he was stranded on a desert island. I, that's what I'm getting. That's pretty much all the information. See, I'm just going to show you. That's all the information they Thank give you. Thank you for showing me. Yeah. It's uh, 4.9% alcohol by volume, and uh, the IBUs are a lot higher than, than you would like. It's 40. I believe the highest IBU in any of the beers you shared was 18. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not going to be uh, your, I was going to say cup of tea, but I'll say your mug of beer. It's very hoppy. It is hoppy. It's crisp, flavorful. Yes, crisp it's av- finish. It's available year-round. Crisp and Glover finish. Mm-hmm. The uh, malts they, they use, Bohemian. Bohemian, are those are my favorite types of hops. Yeah, I think... Powerful uh, Rhapsody. Yeah, well, you just stole my joke. <laughs> Did you write that one down, too? <laughs> I, you know, sometimes I practice these things, and you stole it. So. I had a powerful joke I was trying to do on the intro. Yeah, how many times did we have to start the <laughs> intro over? <laughs> it's a behind-the-scenes powerful. Look. <laughs> I think the flock enjoy the, the behind-the-scenes look. Yes. 
Uh, so there you go. There's my beer review. Out of uh, five pint glasses, I give it a, well, I'll give it a three and a half. Just an average beer to you? Yeah. Yeah, there's no frills, no thrills, no extra this or that. But there's pills. There's definitely pills. Powerful. Yes. One more time, what is the name of that powerful beer? Pills. Pills. That's By the name. Fair State Co-op. Wow. Check it out if you're in Minnesota. Fair State Co-op. Yes. Sounds very non-threatening. Sounds like they would have a community garden and and clean up streets and stuff. They might, yes. actually. Yeah, I got a friend that works for them in the marketing department. Yes. I'll, I'll ask him. Does everyone have gray beards? He does have a beard. Is it going I'm gray? I'm sure it's going gray because he's our age. <laughs> powerful. Thank yes. you for that powerful beer review. I do what I can. Now, today's episode, you, you chose a lot of the things. You chose the beer. Yep. And you also chose Song of the Day. Right, correct. Song of the Day. So we discussed a little bit of uh, Gordon Lightfoot on the last episode. And I know the flock remember because the flock never forget. So I decided that we were going to dig deep and uh, talk about a song from Gordon Lightfoot that's probably not one of his most familiar tunes for the person looking on the outside in on the Gordon Lightfoot career. And uh, the song I chose was High and Dry by Gordon Lightfoot. Now tell us about High and Dry. Why did you pick that powerful tune? Because it's more one of his more rockin' tunes. So it's like electric 12-string guitar. In electric 12-string guitar. I don't know if it's an electric 12-string, but there's electric guitar in it. What kind of bullshit are you saying? Do you even know what this song's about? Yeah, it's about being high and dry. Right. Yeah. High and dry. <laughs> yeah. There's a woman singing in it. High and dry. <laughs> Legend lives on carefree highway. Yeah. That's so, my powerful Gordon Lightfoot impersonation. Does anyone listening even know who Gordon Lightfoot is? I God, I should hope so. Yes. Otherwise, we're talking and they're tuning out. <laughs> <laughs> Gordon Lightfoot's still touring, by the way. He's still alive? Cool. 55 years he's been touring. Wow. Yeah, I don't think he's changed the name of his tour at all. What is it called? Still Kicking or what? Um, it was, uh, well, when he was, just came out, it was like 55 years on the Carefree Highway. And I think all of his tours have been called the Carefree Highway Tour. So not very uh, creative with... <laughs> <laughs> with the names, but uh, he's still alive and kicking. He did have that brush of death when he had that uh, aneurysm. Oh, wow. He had an aneurysm. Abdominal aneurysm back in the 70s. What do you think the backstage parties are like? Now? Mega groupies? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> he's definitely a groupie man. <laughs> he's a man. He's the machine. Yeah. And you and I both saw him in concert. Yes. So, and I don't know. I can't remember when you saw him, but when I saw him, he was a, a frail old man. If you didn't know the words of the song, you were not knowing what song he was singing. And to take a drink of water, he would lean over, put water in his mouth, and then throw his head back as far as he could. Wow. Just to get the water down. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of when I saw a flock of seagulls after their heyday, and the guitarist is back there, and he's shaking and puffing on his inhaler. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, come on. <laughs> Party on. I ran. I ran out of breath. Couldn't get my inhaler. <laughs> powerful. What's what's the rating on that powerful song? Uh the rating, my rating or, or people's rating, like how far like, We don't care about the people. We care about you. Okay. I would give it uh out of five twelve string guitars, I would give it a four and a half. You love that song. I do love that song. It's on the Sundown album. 
and uh, it's one that a lot of people probably skip over to get to sundown. So I say stop on high and dry. Listen wow. to high and dry. Put it in your rotation. Yeah. Me, oh my. Stop on high and dry. Wow. Yeah. You have an old soul. I do. I do. I like uh, Gordon Lightfoot. I, I, I watch reruns of Bob Ross painting. And uh, yeah, I, think that's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> I ran out of stuff to say. <laughs> Powerful. Thank you for that song of the day. You're welcome. The flock will thank me too. Yes, we love the flock. Thanks for listening. I hope you're having a good time tonight. Today's powerful episode is going to be about evil aliens, alien abduction. But before we do that, you want to cheers everybody? Yes, let's have a... I I purchased a energy drink for you there. What do you got? You did. Okay, so this is uh, becoming one of my favorite parts when I tell you what's written on the can of these energy drinks. So today I have... Bang! Blue Raz. Taste all. I can taste all of the Raz in the Blue yes. Raz. Blue Raspberry is the ultimate flavor. I love Blue Raspberry. Yeah, this one has super creatine. Not that weak-ass creatine that's out there. And EAA aminos. Oh, and then Ultra CoQ10. Oh, it's my favorite. Yeah. Now, it's good for the heart. Do you like super CoQ10 or ultra CoQ10? I'm usually into the ultra CoQ10. Right. I do enjoy the creatine monohydrate. Great news. That reminds me, great news for the state of Minnesota. Powerful gyms are opening back up. Yes. So I'm going to be able to hang and bang and get back into oh. it. God, I'm, I'm just pumped up looking at that can right now. Yeah, it says bang on it. Yes. It says bang all over. Hanging and banging. It's a potent brain and body fuel. Yes. Make no mistake, Dags. Bang is not your stereotypical high-sugar, life-sucking soda masquerading as an energy drink. Wow. Yeah. Hold that up. Let me look at that. All right. Here, look at that. Yeah, that's powerful. That's say 18 plus on the back? Uh, who cares what it says? All right. Let's drink it. Take a drink right now. All right. Hold on. Hold on. Big drink. He's drinking right now. Oh, my God. Look at that. Oh, smooth. Yeah. Isn't that powerful? I'm telling you, it's taking my breath away. It's How is the creatine monohydrate? Do you feel it? I can. It's yes. coursing through the veins. Oh, it's going powerful drink. Past the elbow. Out of five passion fruit. No, we don't. For energy Maybe. drinks, I got to come up with something. Out of five depleted uranium <laughs> shells, what is it? Oh, God, that's definitely a four. Powerful. Yeah. Thank you for enjoying that. And thank you. Well, you got to do a cheers to oh. drink it and tell the. We we forgot the cheers last episode. We did, so we got to do it now. Hold up your drink. Hold up your beverage. I'm holding up my. Uh, I already had my energy drinks. So I'm holding up my powerful, Desani Italian water. Cheers. 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 On. Oh, he's having another drink. You gotta slam it. Yes. That way it kicks in later. <laughs> What's the motto on uh, on full throttles? And it's like easy drinking and <laughs> some cold slamming and. Yeah, I don't slamming and banging. Wham, bam, banging, and sl- there's a lot of slamming <laughs> and banging. And yeah, what's up with energy drinks and their violent tendencies? It makes no. I think it's more about sex. It makes you horny. Oh, you got to wear a mask now. Yes, when you're having sex. Yes, you got to have real. You got to be real fetishy and wearing masks and. <laughs> I was powerful. Yeah, I mean it's it's crazy. I mean what? Who's the CDC to tell me what my kink is? Oh, I know it's so stupid. CDC and. Yeah. Powerful. Thank you guys for listening. Powerful episode today, Alien Abduction. I want to thank everyone that listens. 
please do us a favor. Please leave us a review wherever you listen to this powerful podcast, Apple, Stitcher, Podbean. We're literally everywhere, every app, YouTube. Please leave a review. Five-star review is the highest. If you leave a five-star review, you will unlock the secrets to energy drinks. Make sure you like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. And also we have powerful merch. We're dealing with a computer here that's on its last legs. <laughs> it's a piece of crap. It is. It's a piece of shit computer. And there's powerful ways you can help us. Please buy our merch. AmishBabyMachine.com. Powerful links there. Or if you follow us, make sure you follow us on Twitter. At AmishBMachine. I got links there too for our merch. We have t-shirts, stickers, hoodies. Whatever you need. We do have the masks too. Yep. They sell out quickly. So yeah, you got to get there early. Order early or order often for our powerful masks. Also Patreon, patreon.com. is another way you can support this powerful podcast. We love you. And thanks for listening to us. Now, Mike Rez, let's get into the subject, the topic of today's show. Yeah. Alien abductions. Yeah, this is going to be a scary episode for the flock. Um, I know you guys can handle it, but this is not an episode for the week of heart. So just just buckle up and let's get into this. Well, let's just say everyone that listens to the show, they're powerful. Right. Yes. And by listening to this part of the episode, it might make you more susceptible to an alien abduction because we all know that they're listening. So let's first talk about what the hell is an alien abduction, Dags? Tell us. All right. Well, sometimes, you know, they're called, and you and I know this, and and the flock know this, so this is for the flock to tell their friends. Sometimes they're called abduction phenomenon. Phenomena. (laughs) Alien abduction. You're supposed to say phenomena. Oh, phenomena. All right. Fucked it up. All right. Go ahead. Alien abduction syndrome or UFO abduction. Yes. It's all the same thing. I mean, and we all know that. So, but what it is, it's a personally, personally held belief in which uh, the person who thinks they're abducted describes what they say is a real experience of being secretly kidnapped by a non-human entity, or aliens in this case. The greys. The greys, subject to uh, physical and psychological experimentation. Now, mostly this involves being examined, your genitals being examined, probes happening. I don't know what that's all about, but these <laughs> aliens are perverts. Yes. So, uh, do, they, do they wear masks? I bet they don't. Just spreading their You alien. know, my joke that I was going to do in the intro was that you had a strange obsession with Minotaur porn. That was it. <laughs> I was going to say Minotaur erotica, Minotaur porn, but we just want you to know that Mike Rez has an unhealthy and unnatural obsession with Minotaur porn. All right, carry on. All right. I thought that was secret, but yes, not anymore. These exams are also followed up by psychological experiments as well, supposedly. That's what a lot of these stories go. Uh, But a lot of them have also decided that uh, a lot of these aliens look alike. So that's why a lot of skeptics believe that a lot of these alien abduction stories are just people reliving what other people have said in the past. Uh, It also could be, uh, you know, factors that could suggest Alien abduction could be false memory syndrome, which I've never heard of. Sleep paralysis, uh, deception, and psychopathology. Interesting. Yes. So I, I don't know how you, what you know about sleep paralysis. Uh, I've never experienced sleep paralysis. 
I've experienced other paralysis, but not sleep paralysis. <laughs> um, but that uh, that's that's a little strange to me. The sleep paralysis. Like, what are you doing in there? <laughs> are you pitching a tent? No, it's my flashlight, mom. <laughs> Leave me alone. I got paralysis. Uh, so yeah, so that is pretty much the overview of abductions. I mean, there's a lot of uh, skeptics out there now. There are some early cases or early, uh, um, I guess you could say cases of alien abductions. Some of them go back to 1851. Wow. Yeah. And like, like on Little House on the Prairie. I think even further than a that. Very special episode <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where Pa Ingalls gets abducted. <laughs> Yeah, Lord. Ma, where's Pa? I think the Greys got him again. <laughs> oh, my God. Powerful episode today. Aliens. Who doesn't love aliens? I know I do, in case they're listening. I love aliens. Yeah. Yeah. I hope they inspect you and not me. Whoa. Uh, is that out loud? Yes. So we're going to get into uh, some of the, well, one that we probably all know, the flock probably heard of. Um, that's the fire in the sky. One. Travis Walton. He's got the more famous one because his was made into a movie, his abduction. But the story that everybody thinks that he got his story from, that gave him the idea for his story, goes back to 1961. And that would be the married couple of Betty and Barney Hill. Whoa. Set the story, set the stage for the powerful Betty and Barney Rubble story. All right. I'm sorry. What was it? Barney Rubble? Barney, Barney Rubble and Betty Rubble? The hills? The hills. The hills are alive with the sound of powerful UFOs. That's right. We researched a couple of different websites for this story. Actually, for all of these stories. This one is from History.com. This is the, one of the first ones I found. According to History.com and according to the hills, they went on vacation. Kind of a last-minute vacation, depending on which website you're <laughs> looking at let's go with that story right there okay i want you to powerful where is that from all right so history.com history.com yep okay so and tell us the beginning i want to know the story of these two okay from start to finish so uh benny and barney hill they they were a married couple who worked very long hours throughout the day they had a lot of stuff going on um they both worked uh Barney Hill was a a civil rights activist, and so was Betty. Um, They were an interracial couple that really didn't have a lot of time for their married life. And so they got married, decided they were going to go on a late honeymoon uh, to the hills of New Hampshire in the White Mountains in September. So on their way back home, they decided they were going to just drive all the, the way through. So they left their vacation spot at 1030 at night, expected to be home by about 2, 3 o'clock in the morning to their house. As they got closer to their home, driving down the windy road, because that's how most of these stories happen. It's always in the middle of nowhere. They saw a strange light in the sky that they thought was following them. So as they're driving along, Betty is noticing that these lights still seem to be following them. Barney pulls over, and they inspect where these lights are coming from and notice that there is a spacecraft hovering just above the hill. And that's where things kind of get tricky because they don't really remember going home after that, but that's where they wake up. 
Now I want to back up a little bit. This, they were working and they just decided to go on a last minute vacation. Yeah, kind of like a late last minute honeymoon because they never went on one when they got married. So just out of the blue, they're going to go on. Yeah, just out of the blue, they're going to go. So what do you think about that? Uh, that's a little strange yes. to me. Uh, you know, why you decide to go at the last minute and then, oh, all of a sudden we're abducted. So that, like you, that's a flag right there. Red flag. So they, they get home, kind of come to, I guess you could say, and realize they don't remember coming home. They don't remember unloading their car. Barney's got scuffed shoes, and Betty, for some reason, feels like she has to inspect her own body because she, for some reason, she feels like she has to check out her body and see what the hell's going on, even though they don't really know why they're doing what they're doing. After all that, they decide that uh, they need to find out what happened. So they go see a psychiatrist. And back then, the uh, hypnosis was a big, big new thing. So the, the psycho- psychologist, psychiatrist, uh, whatever he is, decides he's going to hypnotize, find out what's going on. So after they get hypnotized, their story starts to become a little more clearer to them in what happened. So on the last night of their three-day trip, the couple sipped some coffee in Vermont, decided to leave. As they drove, the strange light in the sky gave another reason to hurry up. They first looked, it first looked like a falling star to them, but grew larger and brighter for each mile. Barney, an avid plane watcher and World War II vet, was sure that it had, they had nothing to worry about. It's just a satellite. That's what he assured Betty. And it probably went off course. The light seemed to move as the car moved, and as Barney steered down the, the curving mountain road, the light zigged and zagged, ducking past the moon and behind trees and mountain ridges, only to reappear moments later. Curiosity overcame them, and the couple pulled over at road stops and picnic turnouts to get a closer look. Through binoculars, Betty saw that a white light uh, was really an object spinning in the air. Barney knew uh, she was right. For some reason, it throws in his IQ of 140, I guess, to prove that he's not an idiot of some court. Doesn't mean he's not capable of making up a story, though. Barney also had a pragmatic man, or was a pragmatic man, who uh, wouldn't have given flying saucers a second thought, according to his niece. About 70 miles past the diner, the object hovered just above the treetops, approximately 100 feet above them. Barney abruptly stopped the car, keeping the engine running. He shoved a handgun he'd hidden beneath the seat into his pocket and rushed into a dark field, leaving Betty in the car. Would you run towards an object floating in the air? No, that that's the other thing, too, that I thought was so weird. Because I'm obviously powerfully familiar with this story, too. Right. That he has a gun. He grabs the gun. If, you, if you're afraid of this UFO, why would you run out there? Right. And if you think it's a satellite, what are you going to do? Yeah. Shoot it? Yeah. I mean, it's not going <laughs> to... So he runs out there with a handgun. And what he saw was, as, what he says, is as big as a jet, it is round and as flat as a pancake, which is another typical way to describe Flying saucer. Yeah. So behind the, the rows of windows, which is, I guess, something that they, they saw, they also saw gray uniformed beings seem to look right at him, Barney recalled. They're in uniform. They're in uniform. I don't know. I... I'm guessing like the blue uniform that I have for work, the blue shirt and the. Oh, they had the cool name tag on there too. Oh yeah. Or was it stitched in? Uh, it has to be stitched in. Yes. Yeah. Bleep and bloop. 
Powerful. Yeah. Uh, he tried to lift his hand with his pistol, but somehow couldn't. A voice told him to put down his binoculars. Not the pistol, but the binoculars. So wait, he had binoculars on him too. Yeah, it didn't say that anywhere in the story till just now. So he's armed with a handgun and binoculars. Yeah, you throw the binoculars and then you shoot one round and then you run away. That's what you do. Uh, he had a startling thought uh, that they were about to be captured. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking maybe these were barnoculars, you know, the ones where you unscrew and you just fill them up with booze. Oh, there you go, like little yes. uh, flasks. Yes, barnoculars. What would you put in your barnoculars? Uh, <laughs> I would put in blue raz bang. That's a good, good call. a little absolute vodka. A little bit. I'd put a, a gin and tonic in there. Yes, supersonic gin and tonic. Mm-hmm. So he thought they were going to be captured. Yelling hysterically, he ran back to the car and barreled down the road as Betty tracked the craft. I'm imagining her with, like, maps out and dials and stuff. <laughs> the old way you do it on a ship. So she was keeping an eye on the air, on the unidentified flying saucer yep. while he's driving full blast down the road. Full blast down the road. So Pedal to the metal. Yep, and she's tracking this thing, and then all of a sudden, out of the blue, a loud rhythmic beep started from the car's trunk. The car they're driving in started, started beeping, yep. like a cool synth wave beep. Yep, they felt instantly drowsy and then lost consciousness. Wow. Yeah. I know sometimes vibrations and sounds can do that, but... Good vibrations, yes. That's a weird way to abduct somebody. They came around about two and a half or two hours later, 35 miles down the road. All right, so if you go to history.com and look them up, you can see the drawings. I'll show you, Degs. Thank you. That's the drawings that Betty drew under hypnosis. Yes. Uh, and uh, it does look like a pancake with, uh, I guess those would be, those stick figures would be the little gray man in uniform staring back at them. Okay. They went under hypnosis. Yep. And that's when they could recall the actual story. Right. Yeah. And Betty started having dreams as well. Some pretty vivid dreams about being examined uh, by these gray men. Um, and Barney, like I said, Barney was examined. His genitals were examined. They also apparently took out his dentures and were super excited that his teeth could be removed. Wow. Betty Betty actually it also it says in the story that Betty thought that was actually kind of humorous that they were really excited that his teeth could be removed. Whoa. Said yeah. something about a gummy. Okay, go on. <laughs> yes, and apparently they gave him back to him because he still had him when he woke up. So they were nice nice aliens stealing people's teeth <laughs> and replacing them for them. So that was that was nice. After their story kind of hit the news, they made a movie out of this uh, abduction and James Earl Jones was in it he played Barney Hill and uh, they that was at the time the most detailed abduction uh, in the United States uh, on alien abduction and that's another thing that I learned during these this research a lot of the alien abduction stories come from the United States so these aliens are picking on us and only abducting Americans so they said they went on a last-minute vacation. Yep. They both worked a full week, and they just left right after work to go on vacation. Mm-hmm. With a pistol. And binoculars. And binoculars. And the reason you mentioned that they're uh, interracial 
And the reason that is a point is because back then a lot of people think that maybe they were uh, trying to raise awareness of civil rights. They're both civil rights workers. Correct. So maybe that this story would shine some light on it. Right. Yeah, that was uh, one of the, the the reasonings behind what people thought they were coming up with this story to shine the light on the civil rights movement back then. Uh, they thought maybe because they weren't getting, uh, you know, the, the, attention. the attention they needed for their civil rights uh, movement, so they wanted to come up with this story to uh, to bring that to light. So that that's one thing that people think why they made this this story up, and that's why I said they they come up they they tell you about his IQ in the history dot com story. I think to show you that he's not. You know, why would he make it up? His IQ is 140. Well, that's, you know, that's, people can still make up stories, no matter how smart they are. So that is one of the the stories we have. Um, Betty also says that they she communicated uh, telepathically with the leader um, of the spaceship as well. And she wasn't afraid of the leader. She wasn't afraid of the leader. She, it says here that she was actually wasn't too afraid of the whole ordeal which i think i would be shitting my pants and, and would be examining yes my and her sister had a similar experience seeing a ufo correct yes yeah so she heard that story and a lot of people think she just made up this bullshit story right yeah and uh like i said it's it's not too far off from some of the stories that people were hearing from some of the alien abductions in in the 1950s there was a couple in the 1950s that made the news um and these stories that they heard their story is a little similar to what the other abductions were. So they were already starting to repeat what other people have already said about abductions. And in that area, there was also a beacon light searchlight from a nearby airport. Correct. That people thought that correct what they were seeing. Yeah. So they, uh, they had a lot of things that were easily explained. I think it's, it's, Based on this story, it seems like it would be pretty easy back then to just tell people you were abducted by aliens. And they think this story is what Travis Walton based his story on? Correct. So Travis Walton uh, and the flock uh, would will know Fire in the Sky. So the movie Fire in the Sky was based on Travis Walton's experience of being abducted. Now tell everyone about that. So Travis Walton... Um, and of course, so his story, this, it's funny. One of the, uh, I think it's Gia.com, G-A-I-A.com pretty much says that his story was so boring to Hollywood. Hollywood doctored it up a little bit. They had to punch up the story. They the did. Screenplay. Yeah. So the, in the movie fire in the sky, spoiler alert, there's a part where the Travis Walton in that movie, when they start showing what happened to him on the spacecraft, when he gets tied down with that big giant cellophane or whatever, that rubber membrane, and then they pop a hole in the mouth and then throw a bunch of jelly in his mouth and he's screaming and yelling. So that never happened to the real Travis Walton, <laughs> but that's how Hollywood dressed it That up. didn't happen to his fake story. No, no. All right, so let's get uh, into Travis Walton. When Travis was 22 years old, he was working uh, as a logger in central Arizona in the Apache Seta Greaves National Forest. And while driving home one evening, Walton and his co-workers came across a hovering disc-shaped object that drew him closer to get a better look. 
what in soon became known as the Travis Walton UFO incident. Yes. So Walton jumps out of the truck and approached the flying object against the will of his colleagues. When he got within a close proximity, he was struck with a jolt of energy that threw him back 20 feet through the air, knocking him unconscious and scaring off his friends. Walton allegedly woke up laying in a gurney in what he thought was a hospital emergency room. His chest was heavy and his vision was blurry, and he struggled to gather his bearings and figure out where he was. But when he focused his line of sight, he found a trio of ETs wearing orange surgical gowns staring at him with luminous brown eyes the size of quarters. So convicts. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm, that's what I'm guessing. I mean, he's got orange jumpsuits on or surgical gowns. Uh, Walton disappeared for nearly a week before he just turned up in Snowflake, Arizona, traumatized and bewildered by the chain of events that uh, he experienced. So this is one of the most famous cases in the annals or annals of UFOlogy and abduction. The story is also one of the more highly contentious cases in a realm that has had its fair share of attention seekers and frauds. After Walton returned, he and his six co-workers who supposedly witnessed his abduction submitted to a battery of psychiatric and polygraph tests, lie detectors, many of which they voluntarily subjected themselves to. Walton himself has since taken 16 different lie detector tests, including one on the popular Fox game show called The Moment of Truth. You, ever, you remember that one? I do. Yeah, I don't remember that. that, that game show. So, do you remember seeing him on it? No. I mean, I'd have to pull it up on YouTube. Sure. So after being asked a series of questions regarding his life and UFO experience, Walton was blatantly asked if he was ever abducted by aliens on November 5th, 1975, upon which he replied a resounding yes after a dramatic pause. The game show's uh, Android voice responded that that answer is false, claiming he was lying. Whoa, he wasn't telling the truth. Yeah, according to... uh, to the Fox game show Moment of Truth, it said he was lying. So the game show's polygraph methods were highly dubious and have since been called out as having almost no legitimacy. So somebody came out and said that that show sucks and that their lie detectors were pieces of shit and didn't didn't matter. Uh, Walton said he initially turned down the show's offer to have him on as a contestant but conceded uh, that he had recently been laid off from his job and needed the money. I mean, who hasn't done stuff for money? Uh, Walton continued to tell his story uh, for the past 43 years. So he's still telling his story now. He's still alive, and he's still making appearances at UFO conventions uh, without discrepancies. Um, but I, I did hear that one of his lie detector tests, when it, he first came back, came back inconsistent because of some of the, the, the pauses and, and the things he did. He was taking a lot of deep breaths before he answered questions. So like he knew how to fake, right. how to beat the test. Yeah, he was calming himself down before he told a lie. Walton points out that, uh, that his best evidence in supporting his case, saying that the odds of five men fooling a polygraph test on the same subject are a million to one, citing the president of the American Polygraph Association. Only one member of the group didn't pass, but his test was marked inconclusive. So about the Fire in the Sky movie, uh, Walton uh, has wondered if he may have been killed that night uh, when he was struck by the UFO's bolt of energy. He says he believes it's possible 
He was unintentionally shocked by energy and at the result of the craft's propulsion system, realizing he hadn't been killed or realizing he had been killed, the extraterrestrial entities may have brought him on board the craft to resuscitate him. So if the Barney and Betty, their story was to get coverage of their civil rights work, that's what some people think, that's why they did it. Right. What was the reason for Travis Walton? What did they think, him and his friends, why would they all make up that story? So they think it was a money grab for all of them. Um, even though Travis Walton and one of the other loggers didn't really get along. And actually, if you read the one excerpt on his TravisWalton.com, where you can read the first page, it's Travis-Walton.com. You can read the first page of his book, um, the Travis Walton abduction, I think. I think actually he changed the, actually might have changed the name to Fire in the Sky now. It says that one of the, the other people he worked with intentionally tried to, I'm going to use the logging term, fell a tree near him. So it cut down a tree and it landed next to him. And he thinks that guy did it on purpose. Um, and it, it, apparently there was some kind of contention between these two guys. They didn't really like each other. So that was one of the reasons why they thought that they murdered him was because these two didn't get along. Um, but uh, ultimately, when he came back, they think that they all were just looking to get their name out there and get a story out there and try to make some money. And these guys are still out there. They just, uh, I don't know how old the documentary is, but the documentary looks pretty new. I think it's within the last five years um, where they did the uh, documentary. I think three or four of the loggers are in it. And you have to buy that DVD in order to see the documentary. You're not going to air that on TV. If you want to see it, you have to buy it. So, and then the same with the, with the story of the book. You have to buy the book. They give you the one page to read, the first page. When you get to the bottom, it says to read more, send us money. So, and he's still making appearances at UFO conventions, like we mentioned, um, which he's getting paid to do. And I think it, at one point he tried to do his own UFO convention that didn't, didn't get off the ground. <laughs> so what, what are your thoughts on both of these stories? I think it's bullshit. Both of them. Both of them. Yeah. I'm not, I, I don't know. I, I don't think aliens are coming down and abducting people. Why would they abduct us? What do you think? There's definitely, people are definitely seeing things in the sky. Sure. When it, when it comes to, especially now with, with drones and, uh, you know, skunk works and all these special, you know, er, ever since world war two, there's been an explosion of aircraft, you know, and the, well, the one thing it's, it's really weird because they always, you know, they have the Project Blue Book, the UFO yep. Air Force. They always try to explain everything away and say, oh, it's just a weather balloon. Yeah. So that's what bothers me. People are actually seeing things. As far as abductions, that's the other thing, too. That could be totally bullshit. But I think people are actually seeing crafts. But then, so they, they want to say it's weather phenomena. They want to say it's this or that. There's that famous story, you know, of the of the the pilots seeing those uh, yeah. UFOs. And we just had the, the Pentagon just released a bunch of videos. Correct. Yeah. So some, something is definitely going on. Right. The abductions, though, and anyone can make a bullshit story. Yeah. And then you just, so there, there was in the 50s, all the 50s movies about UFOs. Right. So then people 
like the, the Betty, she said her sister saw a UFO. So yeah. they tell a story and then Travis Walton adds on. Yeah. And that was the, the other thing is a lot of the descriptions of the aliens that these people that are getting abducted see are just like what Hollywood is telling you what they look like. So the grays, the grays. Yeah. So they, uh, there's a lot of suggestion that started with that to begin with. And now the people are adding on to the stories and, you know, is there alien life out there? Sure. Why not? There could be, I don't think they're abducting anybody though, but obviously they want to be seen or they kind of curious to see what the hell we're doing over here. (laughs) Yeah. The, and the whole story, like, with with Betty and um, Barney, the whole thing was weird. Like, they went on a last-minute vacation, and they were sleep-deprived. And yeah. they didn't really remember it. They only remembered it after they were hypnotized. Yeah, which, that gives you enough time to build up a subconscious lie. So if you get hypnotized, I mean, who's to say you're just not repeating the lie you've been telling yourself over and over again? I think you and I had that discussion with this Travis Walton. He's been telling the story for 43 years now. So maybe he believes it because he's been telling the lie for so long. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. What do you think about Area 51? What about it? Should you should we storm it? No. <laughs> do you think they're hiding alien spacecraft and bodies there? Wow. We're going to have to bring that up on another show because that's a whole other show getting into Area 51. You think what we happened? should bring it up? I mean, they might be listening. Yes. Now, there's definitely something going on with, with, with craft. There's definitely people seeing things. Right. And they're not all weather balloons. Are you sure? Yes. Positive. They're out there. Well, if the government's listening, I believe they're weather balloons. Yes. If the government's not listening, they're not weather balloons. <laughs> powerful. Thank you for that powerful report. On UFO abduction. Great show. You think the flock might have ideas on what else we should research? Yes. Let us know, fans. Flock of Amish. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Amish Bee Machine. I'm on there 24-7. Let me know. What would you like to hear about on this powerful show? We hope you had a good time tonight. We just ask you one thing. Please tell a friend about our powerful podcast. And we're going to wrap up tonight's episode with powerful shout-outs. Do you want to do the shout outs, my friend? Sure. You want to hand me the list? Yes. I'm handing you the powerful list. Is that so you don't have to put on your old man glasses? I can kill you from here. <laughs> I believe it. Yes. All right. So our powerful shout outs go to Nerds with Friends. Love those. Uh, Fulgrim. Love them. Stories from a virtual bar. Love them. Big haired girl. Love her. Shalita. Brundage? We're going to go with that, right? Love her. Hind Oak Comics. Powerful. Love love them. I love them all. Thank you for the shout-outs. You know, I apologize to anybody whose name I screwed up, but I love you. It's a thought that counts. Right? My friends, thank you for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. And until next time, you've just enjoyed the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast. It is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and everywhere else fine podcasts are found. Please support our podcast through Patreon and shop our merch at AmishBabyMachine.com. 
Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. This has been an Amish Baby Machine production.